nurses around the world are making huge personal sacrifices to help fight the COVID-19 pandemic. Some have traveled from across the country to help. Others have found themselves working in departments they never practiced in before, learning new routines and protocols as they go. Every day, thousands of healthcare workers in the Mid-South are putting their lives on the line, treating those patients diagnosed with coronavirus. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Today, we are going to visit with a friend of mine who happens to be a nurse who works with COVID patients. Margie, welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint and Bot Radio Network. Thank you, Byron. We're going to find a little bit about what's it like to work inside a COVID-19 treatment unit where you work at an area hospital. First of all, I want you to tell us something about your story. Uh, where did you grow up? What kind of work did your parents do? I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, and my mom was a homemaker home I was 16, and then she went to work for my uncle, who was a psychiatrist in his office. And my dad worked as an engineer at South Central Bell Telephone Company. So your roots are right here in the Memphis and Mid-South area. That's right. But I've moved a lot through my 40 years, last 40 years. I've moved 25 times, so I've lived in a lot of states. Margie, I can imagine that being a nurse is more than a job. It's a calling. When did you first know that you wanted to pursue nursing? Well, it was after my first year of college, just circumstances. And at that time, back 44 years ago, when I went to nursing school, you just kind of walked in and said, I want to be a nurse, and they let you come to school. So it wasn't as competitive as it is now. Thankfully, I made it through and passed my boards, and I've been a nurse for 41 years now. Wow. Margie, before the COVID-19 outbreak, what were your normal duties as a nurse? I am a dialysis nurse at a hospital, and so the dialysis patients come into the hospital with an illness or need surgery or something like that, and so we dialyze those patients that are on dialysis as a chronic patient. And also in ICU, our patients... um, you know, a lot of heart transplants are done or, you know, different transplants, different uh, sicknesses happen and people's kidneys fail. So we go into the ICU and dialyze the people that need it. So that's pretty much what I've done. Out of 41 years, I've done dialysis 28. But right now I'm in the acute setting at a hospital. What do you like most about the job that you do? I get autonomy. I dialyze my patient. I make a lot of decisions on my own, but have ICU nurses and doctors there to help me along the way making those decisions. And just being in the hospital setting has always been my, I find it to be exciting and, and fun to be around. Um, just learning the, you know, just a lot of learning and camaraderie of the other people that I work with. I work with some phenomenal people. I have a great boss, and I just really enjoy being around the hospital. That's awesome. Well, what about the day-to-day of your job? How has it changed in light of COVID-19? A lot. Um, We go in, and we used to have this, uh, you know, just a kind of a free feeling, you know, of no masks. And I mean, we use masks during important procedures, but take them off and, you know, you're free again. But now we're constantly wearing a mask and so do the patients. And it's kind of uncomfortable for the patients. So we 
have to encourage them to keep their masks on. And, you know, now in a COVID room, when I go into a COVID room, I have to wear a bonnet on my head. I wear um, two masks. I wear an N95 and a surgical mask over that. I have my glass. I wear glasses. I don't wear my contacts at all. And I wear a shield on my face and then these plastic gowns and double gloves. So it's, it's very, very time-consuming to put all this on, go in a room. And when I'm in a room, I stay there about five hours. So, um, you know, I, I have to take off the top gloves a lot and throw that out and get a new glove. And, you know, constantly re-gloving and um, just being extremely cautious. So your unit is specially outfitted to take care of some of the high-risk COVID-19 patients? Oh, yes. We have an entire, like, units um, for patients that aren't ICU, aren't necessarily so sick they're in the ICU. We also have floors dedicated to the COVID-19. So we have uh, gone in, we go to dialyze the patients. We go in there and we have a special connection to the water system that we have to have purified water for dialysis. So we, we have a special system in each room that we can connect and dialyze those patients in their room, as well as the ICU. We've always done patients in ICU, but the COVID ICU, we go into that too. And we treat them exactly the same as far as our attire. Well, I can't imagine. Do you get nervous or afraid to go to the hospital and work with coronavirus patients? At first, it was it was. There was fear, I have to say. At first, there was fear because we didn't know enough, and we still don't know a lot, but we know more. And so I think as time goes on and as you, you know, as a Christian, praying about it, knowing that, you know, God's with me, and knowing that my days are numbered no matter what, it does give me such peace. And um, I have to say through prayer and through just being more alone right now in this time of isolation, um, I've been able to think about it and, you know, just know that God's my strength and He's with me. But, yeah, I have to say as a human being, yeah, there was some fear, but it's almost completely gone now. I mean, I still am very cautious, but, you know, you do the best you can with what we know, and that's the, you know, strict hand washing, don't touch your face, the you know, all the face masks and everything we use at the hospital. And we pretty much socially distance as much as we can with our coworkers and all that, just being extremely careful. Margie, was the choice to work with COVID patients, was it an option or did you volunteer to do it? Well, well, actually, the very first patient, we also at our hospital, when the patients are pending COVID, like they think they might have COVID because they've got some of the symptoms and they come into the hospital and they're being tested and we're waiting on the test. Those pending COVIDs, we treat as COVID also. So as if they have it. So we have them isolated in a special room. So the very first patient we had that was a pending COVID, I actually volunteered for, which um, I knew I had to do it. You know, there's no, you can't, refuse to take care of a patient. So I knew this was coming, and I just thought, I'm going to be the first. So I ended up getting fitted for my N95. I was the first one in our unit to get fitted for the N95 mask. You have to go through a fit test to make sure that 
you know, no air is escaping or coming into the mask and that it fits your face well. So I did that, and but that ended up being a negative patient. So, you know, that was kind of my first run. But since then, of course, we have a lot of positive patients, and we actually, there's probably 20 nurses that work at my hospital in doing what I do, and we share the responsibility of the COVID patients, um, no matter what age you are or, and I'm, I'm, 63, almost 63, and I have people I work with that are 67, and they, too, are taking care of COVID patients. So, you know, it doesn't matter if in your 20s or in your 60s, you do take care of the COVID patients. It's just the way it is in nursing. Bonnie Costello is the head of the 150,000-member National Nurses United. It's the largest nurses union. Recently said in an article, Margie, the shortage of protective equipment is the most critical issue for those workers. Some nurses were having to use a plastic bag around their head because of lack of PPE. Are you working with the proper personal protective equipment in the area where you're working right now? Yes, we we have always been protected. I never felt unprotected. We do um, autoclave now the um, N95 masks and reuse them. You know, so they're but they're sterilized, and we also have to share the pappers, which are the hoses that are attached to the head covering, and we wash it all all off with bleach. We have dirty stations and clean stations, so you clean off your equipment you've used with bleach and um, then it hangs to dry for the next person to use and there's plenty of it I don't think I've ever seen anybody with any makeshift things on their faces but part of that is that Memphis and the surrounding areas I think have really flattened that curve and the reason they keep talking about the flattening the curve is to help hospitals not get overwhelmed. Yes. And so I think the Mid-South area has done a good job in that, that they are, even though we're getting more numbers of positives, you know, we are flattening the curve for the overwhelming hospital um, that they were predicting. Even probably throughout the United States, we've kind of done that. So... That's been a good thing because if the hospitals got overwhelmed and people, all the healthcare workers got sick, we would be in trouble. Well, we would be. Had there been co-healthcare workers that have fallen ill with COVID-19 that you work with? Yes, a few. Not my personal co-workers in my dialysis setting, but there have been in the hospital. Not many. Right. Many, considering... Our hospital is, has done like a thousand coworker um, testing, just random, I guess, and there's been very few. Like yeah. I'm talking maybe two. Wow, that's so it's really low. That is low. So it says a lot for the hospital. I think it's really they have really done a good job providing the PPE and the and not and the society just flatten, flattening the curve yes. um, has helped. You mentioned about prayer, your relationship with Jesus Christ. How important is that relationship doing the work that you do as a nurse? Oh, it's, it's everything. Since I've been a nurse, I, I was didn't become a Christian until after I was a nurse. So, I mean, from the time I was 26 years old till now, I gave my heart, heart and life to Christ. And 
I have to say, during some of the hardest times in my nursing career with, you know, belligerent patients or, you know, things like that, I just have to pray every day for God's strength. Um, Nursing is not for the weak-minded or the weak in body. You have to really be strong, and I don't know how I would have done it without Christ's strength in me um, through the years. It's just been remarkable. I'll leave the day and go, wow, that ended up being a great day, you know, (laughs) and some days are really tough, but you make it through, and you see the difference you make in some people's lives, and that just is worth it all. That's a good word, Margie. Can you describe holding the hand of a patient that you're trying to provide encouragement to? What do you typically say to someone? Well, with COVID just recently, I mean, I've probably done it more than I have in a year, you know, uh, because the patients are left alone and they don't have family members and pastors that can come in and hold their hand and pray with them. Um, And so, and they're scared, you know, and a lot of times they're slightly confused because COVID will do that. Plus they're in an ICU setting or a room setting where there's no one in there. So, I mean, just the nurse, they see us nurses come in and we look like, you know, we look awful. You know, we have on these gowns and these headdresses and all they see are our eyes and it's it's very scary. So, I know one woman, she was 62, she says, I just want to see my husband. And so I held her hand and I said, we're going to let Jesus take the wheel. And she was like, yes. You know, so it was like, those are the things that happen. And it, I could see the, she just calmed down and we can pray with the patients at where I work. I mean, they don't let you not pray. I, I mean, I see transporters praying with the patient, you know, as they're transporting them. And the patient's really, really like that, you know, especially believers. So it's uh, it's been it's been pretty remarkable. Wow. <laughs> Margie, God bless you. Well, do you do you speak with family members of the patients? And is that is that a positive or negative thing? You might not speak to them. I, I don't even now with COVID I do not even see family members. Now before my whole career, yes, we had family members. We talked with family members family members ask questions, but now they're not allowed to be with the patient because they could go back out and infect the rest of the community. You know, we can't afford the PPE for them to be in the rooms with their family members. So what we've done is we have FaceTime, you know, and the, the thank goodness for technology, you know, that we have iPads and things, telephones that they can look at their family and talk to them. But, um, you know, it's still very distant for them. So, yeah, no, I've talked to family members over the years, many, many, but, you know, now, no, not at all. Margie, how do you feel about being with your patients as they're dying due to this virus without those families present? I mean, maybe you're there with them when they're close to breathing their last breath. Yeah, um, well, I personally have not been with a COVID patient who is dying. I have fellow workers that have been, and I have been with many dying patients over the 41 years, and it's usually fairly peaceful. It's, you know, I want to encourage people not to be scared of that kind of thing, because we have them medicated and sedated and comfortable as possible, so yeah, I've been with many patients over the years, and 
I don't know. I just, if I know the patient is a believer, it's, it's a sense of relief. But um, otherwise, you know, I just know that their battle with um, their disease or whatever is over. And, you know, whatever has happened, happens. But, yeah, no, it's not something that I take home with me and, and fear and get scared. It's actually more of a comfort. Yes, how do you regroup and prepare yourself mentally and spiritually after seeing these patients pass? Or even if they're not passing, just the stress and the pressure of watching them suffer? Yes. Well, and that's been true my whole nursing career is just being involved in my church, being involved in my Bible studies, in my priority time at home, my own quiet time with the Lord. Um you know, and then my days off, I don't just run around like crazy and do stuff. I, I rest. I, my whole life has been like, besides taking care of my family when my children were growing up and stuff, is being prepared for work as a nurse because I knew I needed my rest. Um, so a lot of it has been that, I, you know, I go to work out some and I try to keep strong and it's it seems to just spiritually, physically, mentally, and I try to eat right most of the time. You know, I just stay fit for the job, and and it's, it is more than a job. It's not a job, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, um, the days that I'm going to have, because you never know when you're a nurse what you're going to come across that day. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been an incredible journey. After your shift, what's the first thing you like to do? Get in the car, turn ignition on, you're heading home, or what do you like to do first? Right now, it's pull that mask off. <laughs> but after, after that, I have on my Christian radio station, my uh, XM radio, the message, and I listen to my Christian radio station on um, XM radio, and I get home, and I just take a shower really quick and throw my clothes in the wash, and or my scrubs, and... Then I just usually watch something on Netflix. Like when right now I'm watching Wind Calls the Heart. Uh huh. It's great. That's well, a great show. It's a sweet show and it's just relaxing. Gotta have some downtime. Yeah, just a little downtime. Then I go straight to sleep. <laughs> Do you feel that you're being appreciated by the public for the risk that you're taking and the job you're doing? More so than ever. It's just crazy. Um, it's just amazing. We had people on top of our hospital singing Christian songs and praying for us. We have writings on the sidewalk by children. I saw some children out just writing beautiful things on the sidewalk as we walk in. Their mamas were out there helping them. It was so sweet. Just all at my, I have a supper club of ladies that I've been friends with since I was in third grade, and my supper club sent me flowers and thanked me for what I've, what I'm doing. It's just, it's incredible. Yeah, it makes you feel really good. Oh, that's that, that really gives encouragement. How about the relationships between coworkers? Uh, I know it gets stressful at times, but are people generally working well together? Have you seen your relationships with fellow staff members grow closer? Yes, I think we're, well, we've all, my unit has really been one of the greatest coworker people that I've ever worked with because they are just amazing. And we, we have to work together. Anyway, we all care about each other, but it's funny because 
we're like telling each other, y'all are my social network right now. I mean, we can at least socialize with adults by getting out, you know, and a lot of people, you know, who aren't, who've been furloughed or, or having to stay home and can't socialize. So we really, we've always felt close though. We, we laugh a lot at my job. You have to. And, um, just tease and we're all Facebook friends and we tease about things. So yeah, it's been a great, uh, great group of people to work with. Do you get to see people walk out of the hospital having recovered from the virus? If so, how does that boost the morale of the doctors and nurses? Yes, we have. And they do a thing called code transport. And what that means is when the um, patients are moved from one part of the hospital to the other, like say they go from the emergency room to CAT scan, they'll say code transport. So that means everybody has to stay out of the halls. And our security keeps us from being in that hallway where that patient's being transported. So when you hear code transport from ICU to discharge or from, you know, another floor to discharge, it's like this joy, you know, and you're like, yay, somebody gets to go home, you know. So there are a lot of people that recover. And so that is the beautiful thing about it. Um, You know, it is sometimes scary to think of all the deaths that we've had, but we've also had a lot of people recover and many more. We don't talk about that. or The media doesn't seem to talk about that that much, but you know, there are a lot of people that recover. And how does it make you feel knowing that you had a part in someone becoming a survivor instead of a victim of the coronavirus? Well, in dialysis, you know, if you're very severe, uh, COVID, you know, if you're a severe COVID patient and you end up on dialysis because your kidneys failed, um, we just work really hard to get these. I mean, the doctors, we get dialysis going on that patient and we keep it going sometimes 24 hours a day with a procedure that uh, we start up as dialysis nurses and then the ICU runs the machines and we... uh, we troubleshoot it if they need help, but um, yeah, they're working continuous trying on these patients, trying to get them well, and it is—it's remarkable. And you know, some of it is very sad, but most of the work done is just incredible. Our doctors are just trying so hard with all the different things that are coming out in the news, and they keep up um, with the latest and greatest. So, yeah, it makes it makes you feel really good. Margie, do you think that we are being too strict? Should we quarantine maybe just those tested and confirmed COVID patients and let the rest of the uninfected population go back to their normal routine? Ooh, that's a real tough one. Um, seeing what we see, I wouldn't think a normal routine would be the way to go. I think we still need to do strict hand washing. Um, I think we need to wear masks. I see a lot of people not wearing masks, but the the masks do help a sick person that doesn't know they have it because they don't have symptoms. It helps them to keep from spreading it. So if they're coughing or they sneeze into their mask, at least it prevents some of the 
particles from getting out. And if you're wearing a mask, it prevents some of the particles from coming through your mask. Right. So I constantly mask. I notice a lot of people don't anymore. So I don't think that's a good, personally, yeah. I don't think that's a good idea. But I think if we strict hand wash, still socially distance, and I think it's fine to open restaurants as long as they keep the tables six to ten feet apart, which I think that's what I'm hearing that a lot of the restaurants are doing. Right. And uh, gyms, the same thing. I have to say, I have gone to work out at my gym, and they are doing an excellent job. Sure. Wash all the machines, you know, before the next crew comes in. They keep us socially distanced. We wear masks. It's it's nice. I really have mixed feelings yeah, at all. I understand. Margie, as we start to wrap up here and say goodbye to our friends, how can we best pray for you and other nurses directly working with COVID patients? Well, I think for especially the nurses on the floors that work with these patients, like their whole 12-hour shift, those nurses need strength. I mean, they do. And some, like on a floor, they may have five or six patients. And in ICU, they may have two or three, you know, two patients and then another one, two COVIDs and maybe one other. But it's it's um, it's time it's very time consuming, and it's very uh, it it just makes you very weak to be in these costumes that we wear, these outfits, because it, it's very hot. So I think just praying that the nurses will be strengthened with power and joy, you know, and um, is the main thing we can pray for. Yes. Margie, God bless you. Thank you so much. It's such a blessing to have you in our small group. My wife and I lead a single small group, and you're part of that. Always enjoy when we can get together. Of course, we're having to virtually get together right now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it's been fun still. So it's better than nothing. (laughs) Yes. Well, I appreciate so much you today. God bless you. Thank you for what you're doing for Christ's kingdom and serving those infected with this virus and those others in your unit that you're taking care of. And thank you so much for being a nurse and the joy that you share in doing that. Thank you so much for being our guest today on Mid-South Viewpoint. Thank you, Byron. It's been my pleasure. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.